Welcome to the Falvine Podcast with Sarah and Scotty Mo, where everything wine and baseball is in fair territory. This week, we are drinking a Franklin Hill Red, chatting with our resident wine expert, Shashank Sanjay, recapping week 25, and discussing vibes around the vineyard. As always, grab a glass and join us. Look, big paper, I increase my wealth, uh. Red wine, that's good for my health, uh Wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, uh Allow me to introduce myself, I said We're back, another week um, of baseball, another week of wine for us But first, how's it going, Scotty? How are you? It's good, Sarah, had a nice long weekend um, We were at a wedding together, my, of my twin sister It was, it was a great weekend, um, had a lot of fun um, but I am ready to talk baseball again. I'm always ready to talk baseball. Very fair. But are you ready to talk wine first? Oh, ab- absolutely. Say less, Sarah. Okay, perfect. Because today we're having on our our very good friend and the podcast friend, Shashank Sanjay. Um, he is a wine enthusiast and is going to come talk some domestic wine with us. And we're going to drink and smell and taste with him. It'll be exciting. All right, Scotty, today we are drinking a domestic red because Shashank is bringing on a domestic red as well. So um, American, not your usual European red, but hopefully still delicious. We'll see. Um, it is Franklin Hill Vineyards, which is in Bangor, Pennsylvania, um, which is north of Allentown, so near Philly, if you're familiar with those parts. Um, not much to say about this vineyard, but it is woman-owned and run, so um, Elaine is the owner, and Bonnie is the winemaker, and they have a cute friendship that's long-lasted. They've been around since the 80s, so Franklin Hill Vineyards has been around since the 80s. Um, it, this wine is, they say, a gold medal winner. Um, not sure exactly what type of grape. Like I said, not much to work with um, in terms of research on this wine. It doesn't say on the bottle, but it says it's a medium-bodied red wine with a hint of cherry. So um, we'll see if we get both the medium body and the cherry, but it is called Fainting Goat, um, and it does have a nice little goat on the bottle. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on this PA wine, Scotty? Um, I'm excited to try it. I just looked up where Banger PA was because I've never heard of it, but it's it's really close to a town called Rosetto PA. They're like right next to each other. And this is a very um, highly Italian populated area. So I'm sure they all love their wine in this area, but I've never heard of wine being um, or vineyards on the eastern side of the state. There's a lot of vineyards up in Erie. So I'm, I'm anxious to try this, see what it tastes like. Okay. Well, um, welcoming on again, Shashank Sanjay, our resident wine connoisseur and enthusiast <laughs> of the Falvine podcast. Thanks for coming on again. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you sound great. Oh, sick. Okay. I'm using Terrence fancy. Mike. Yeah, fancy Mike. You sound awesome. Um, we're drinking a domestic red because I know you're also drinking um, a domestic variety. I just... Hoped that it was red, um, took a shot in the dark. But if it's, it's probably like white or orange or something. Um, yeah, it's a white wine. Ah, shucks. <laughs> but, you know, um, you can talk more about the domestic variety of grapes, but we saved opening it so we could start with you. Cool. Okay, please do. And I will run and grab 
the wine that I was supposed to have. <laughs> okay, perfect. As always, we're drinking out of our Roberto Clemente um, Museum 21 glasses. Big pours only, right, Scotty? Always. Dang it. I knew I should have got a white. What was I thinking? I was thinking about you, Scotty. That's why. You got in my head. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Shashank's a white guy. I should have known. <laughs> Married a white girl. Likes white wine. No, I'm a white guy. My friend Congrats. has a nickname. It's White Rice because he's Asian, but he's really just white in personality. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. So tell us a little bit about what you're drinking. Okay. Um, it's this unmarked bottle with a piece of tape on it because this is what happens when you know the person that made the wine and they don't give you a nice labeled bottle. <laughs> but um, this is a Catawba from 2020. Um, my friend Dennis, who you've met, um, yeah. and I drove up to the Finger Lakes by like just a little bit north of Cornell area. And, um, my, my friend has a, uh, another friend there that like runs a vineyard. They, uh, Dennis tried his wine and thought it was cool and they got to talking about stuff. And Dennis and I are really interested in, uh, varietals that are indigenous to the U.S., so this is one of them and um, they typically make really sweet wine out of this because a lot of the people that drink wine um, in that region are not i think open to the way that this would taste when you don't make it sweet so mm -hmm. a lot of wineries in areas where they need to like sell product but the market doesn't want it they just make it sweet because you know everyone likes sweet wine <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a lot of places. I think, you know, you throw some sugar in there and then it tastes good. Mm -hmm. Um but uh Dennis uh obviously did not want to make it that way. So this is a completely dry wine. Um there's no residual sugar. It's fully fermented. It was fermented cool. in a stainless steel tank cuz that's all he can fit in his Brooklyn apartment. <laughs> um, we drove it back and he pressed it like the next day. It's got um, very, very minimal skin contact. Like you won't see any color from it. Um, yeah. And uh, it's it's been in the bottle for two years, two and a half years. Um, and he did, he did almost nothing to this wine. Um, and it turns out it's incredibly salty. Wow. Very it's cool. Like Quite a color. Yeah. Wow. It's unfiltered, so it's a little murky. Um, and it's delicious. It actually gives me really hard, um, like, concrete cellar vibes. If you've ever been in a wine cave or a winery, it smells like concrete, like sanitized concrete. And that's what this smells like. And it kind of tastes a little like it, which might be off-putting for people, but... <laughs> I think it's uh I think it's pretty cool uh and a unique flavor. So you say it's salty, is it like really uh acidic? Like is it is it bold? Um it's actually not super acidic, I think. Um it doesn't like when you swirl it around your mouth, it doesn't like attack your tongue. Um so it, it it's it's fairly mild. It's it's got some minerality, but like what I mean is 
when you uh, swoosh the wine around in your mouth, like under your tongue. And like, that's kind of like, it just gets you. It's like the same salty mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. salt on your tongue. That's what it would feel like. Um, and then like a little, like after you swallow it, you're like puckering a little bit. Like it's a little bitter at the end. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Sour pickle vibes is what I'm hearing. Um, can you talk a little about, about, about the grape Catawba? Cause I saw this at the store and I did every bottle from PA um, or domestic that was this grape was like sweet wine, sweet wine. And Scotty and I just aren't sweet wine people. So I was like, I probably shouldn't get this. Um, This is the only one that I was like, oh, some medium body. And I was like, okay, I think we can swing this. Um, But just, yeah, tell the listeners and us, honestly, a little bit more about the grape. Uh, so I, I don't know too much about Catawba, but I know that it's, um, like I said earlier, it's it's indigenous to the U.S. So we don't have too many um, indigenous um, wine wine growers here, wine grape growers, mm-hmm. uh, because during Prohibition, everyone had to pull their stuff out. Um, and when they went to replant it, everything that was popular was European varietals. So they just planted European varietals. But obviously not every climate across the states is good for European varietals. Um, And even with modern wine technology, like you could try to grow Pinot somewhere really cold and it it wouldn't really be good, even if you had a bunch of technology and chemicals and stuff to change the wine. So um, we we grow wine in all 50 states. Um, A lot of them grow indigenous varietals because that actually grows decent grapes. Um, unfortunately, you know, the palates of people in those regions don't necessarily want to have that kind of wine. They probably want to have like Mm. Cabernets. Um, and so that's why, that's why they make it sweet. But these grapes can handle the temperatures. They do well in the soils that we have because they're from here. Um, so like I said, this is from the Finger Lakes and it grows in those freezing conditions. Um, it dies off in the winter and then it comes back and and the grapes are doing really well. So it handles the seasons really well. Um, yeah, and I think it's it's a cool space because as the climate continues to change, like outside right now, you can't breathe the air. It's really bad. Oh, Wildfires no. in San Francisco. Uh. We're wearing N95s again. Um, so, you know, as this continues and as the climate continues to change and morph, I think what we'll see is these types of indigenous varietals that can handle extreme temperatures will become a bit more popular mm. because they'll... They'll be the only ones that can survive. Yeah. They say, too, just for gardening and stuff, plant native plants. So it makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. we should be planting native grapes. It's, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, um, almost all of the wine in Europe is grafted with uh, U.S. roots because they had phylloxera, um, which is a bug that, like, eats your vines and, and will kill it. But Whoa. the U.S vines were resistant to it for whatever reason. Now, if I heard you correctly, you said the Catawba is typically sweeter. Is that correct? The way it's made usually. Yeah. For I like if, larger consumption. Yeah. I wonder if that's a, like a regional thing. Cause I know uh, growing up like Northwestern PA, there's, there's a lot of vineyards along Lake Erie going into New York, even uh, North central PA um, probably up through the Finger Lakes. Um, a lot of the local wineries that, that get their grapes from northern PA uh, down here in Pittsburgh, um, the wines tend to be sweeter. Even the wines that are labeled as like semi-dry, they are mm-hmm. sweeter than I would typically like. Like I'm, I like my 
uh, bold Italian reds. So I wonder if that's just a, a regional thing, like the soil, the, the climate, etc. Well, um, the wine being sweet itself is, especially something like semi-dry, is a fermentation-like decision. Um, at some point, they so you you measure the the content of alcohol and and or you measure the sugar content in your grape juice as it's fermenting to determine like how alcoholic is it going to be and kind of where in the fermentation process are you. Um, so semi-dry is there's still a little bit of sugar left that hasn't been fermented into alcohol and they decide to cut the fermentation process there. So it's a it's a choice. Um, and I think that, that that's why it's it's more about the market that they're selling into than the type of grape. Because you can you can make wine however. I mean, if you leave a bucket of grapes smashed, like a, if you leave a vat of grape juice in 50, well, 60 to like 70 degree weather, it'll just become wine. It'll just ferment and become wine. So, you know, you don't have to do anything there. Um, but to get all of the specific things that your audience might want, those are decisions that people make. Makes sense. Um, so let's smell and taste our wine from Franklin Hill Vineyards and see how they decided to ferment their grapes. Uh, I definitely, whoa, sorry. I'm getting a very strong cherry, almost like medicine <laughs> smell. Um, don't know really how to explain it, but it's 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 strong for sure. Is it 100% Catawba? No, it's not. It doesn't say any type. Um, I tried to find on the website as well. It doesn't specify what the grape is. It's just they're red. It says a medium-bodied red wine with a hint of cherry. On the front, it says a red grape wine with natural black cherry flavor. So okay. he, uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting is that black cherry. It's definitely like forward. It's the first thing that I smell. It kind of reminds me of those scratch and sniff markers. Um, <laughs> that's that's what I'm I'm getting from this. Yep, I'm getting those like red cough drops. <laughs> Forget what those were called, but uh, yeah, it's very strong. Yeah, um, a fun like thing about labeling is that if they don't specify or kind of how how specific they go on where their grapes are from tells you a lot about um i think how in some ways quality basically yeah i, I don't want to say quality, you don't have to, you, you're allowed to um, be as honest <laughs> as you want on this podcast like if we don't like a wine we're gonna say it it's okay um it's personal but yeah, yeah i i know that as well like on a wine list when i'm looking at a wine list the more specific they get into the region of california or the town or how more detailed they get typically the higher quality the wine is going to be um so not a great outlook for this table of wine <laughs> that we have but let's give it a try salute cheers Shashank. cheers it tastes just like it smells it's a little bit sweeter than than i typically drink but Definitely Do taste that cherry. That it tastes how it smells. Um, that's a good question. Um, typically, it doesn't. I, I feel like the wine doesn't always taste like this. Is the most a, a wine has tasted like it smelled to me. Um, mm. Like I'm typically, I typically get some more uh, different. Um, I think taste at the beginning or the back end 
of the wine when I'm sipping it than what I'm smelling. Yeah. And does that change after you've had a sip? Like, is there a second sip? Does yeah. it taste different? Yeah, I would say different? so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is you, this is straight Sarah, uh, Chera, Cherry, Sarah, <laughs> Sarah, uh, Cherry and Sarah mixed together. Uh, this is straight Cherry, Black Cherry. Yeah, it is. Um, but we'll see if it opens up a bit too throughout the episode. Um, when we talk baseball, um, Cherry Wood is a good wood for making bats. So there's your tie-in. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's a little too sweet for me. Um, how do you see how Dennis's wine year, what is it in Catawba? Catawba. Yeah. Uh, thank you. H how have you noticed it open, opening up um, as the bottle has opened up and you've had more um, versus that very first sip that you've had? Um, I think it was actually more layered initially. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, and we hadn't um, put it in the fridge and our fridge is kind of cold. So I think the cold, even even last night. So it's, this is the third day. It's okay. Um, and the first day it was like bright. It was there was more acidity. I thought um, it was a bit more layered. There was like a little bit of texture on the tongue, and there was um, multiple like tastes that you could get. Mm -hmm. um, and as we put it in the fridge, and over the next couple of days while some wines change a lot and they open up, I think this one maybe has lost some of its characteristics, some of the, some of the brightness, some of the um, layering. I think it's, it's just pretty, pretty straightforward now. There's like one thing coming through and mm -hmm. it's kind of that, it's kind of that sterile concrete flavor coming through. Um, I'm enjoying it, but yeah, it was, it was better. I think when we opened it, but I don't know. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. I think um, a lot of the other flavors you get might be from some oaking, some of the layering, some of the texturing. It brings in some tannins. Then it doesn't do any of that. Um, it's just stainless steel tank. So I think maybe playing with some tannins would make this wine really, really cool, um, especially for the mouthfeel. What do you mean by layering? Um, as you're swirling the wine around in your mouth, like, can you mm -hmm. get multiple things? from it do you get multiple tastes do you get different textures do you get like yeah different smells that sort of stuff okay it wasn't it's not like a process within fermentation you're like layering no. <laughs> that's no. what i was like wait yeah it's a taste <laughs> thing yeah. yeah do you think in that wine when they say natural grape flavor that they've added quote unquote natural Grape flavor. Yeah, a red grape wine with natural black cherry flavor. It does. I feel like they just had a tincture of black cherry and that was sweet. And they just like <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure there. this wine was probably pretty good without this black cherry flavor. But they're like, this needs something. You know, this will make it more like a Cabernet from Napa. Here, I'm on mute. Um. Can you explain more what you what you mean by texture too? That's yeah. Um, for me, it's a usually like linked to tannins. Like if you try a Pinot Noir versus a Napa Cab, um, the Napa Cab is going to dry out your mouth pretty hard, and it's just going to be like kind of a punch to the face. But the Pinot will feel almost silky on your tongue. 
and so it's 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 how it feels like in your in your mouth yeah 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 <laughs> gotcha okay Which is interesting some mix of like alcohol and tannins and stuff for me it's pretty pretty close to just like tannins from what i've had okay so like when, when i'm drinking like a chianti or or a i don't know a, a primitivo something that's really dry or nero davola from from italy uh, my mouth feels like it's watering that that would that would be the texture like it's so dry that you're so yes exactly yeah 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 so so those are probably oaked yeah pretty pretty good um bringing in a lot of the tannins that's making your mouth feel dry um so yeah yeah and and if you try like lighter reds um that's an easy way to like test if you test like that's why i picked pinot because it's a pretty thin grape skin doesn't have too much tannins in it naturally i mean you can oak the crap out of anything but um i think that would be doing it just like a disservice but if you wanted to try to make a pinot taste like a cab i mean sure <laughs> but um yeah those those are two to to, to like compare and, and and see the difference on the mouthfeel there's also like a chardonnay that's been um put in very used like french oak for two months something like that three months you get a little bit of texture on the tongue too. You get like, it's um, it's almost like a thickness on your tongue, I guess. And for me, the beautiful thing about Pinot is that it's like silk. It's just a gorgeous feel. Since getting into wine, have you seen your adjective vocabulary increase in any way, or you using different words to describe um, the mouthfeel or the taste of wine that you wouldn't normally have used now? knowing all you do about wine um yeah uh just from like reading books about it that you're supposed to read for the psalm uh board like certifications um there's different ways that the people that wrote the book talk about it and so mm. you kind of adapt like okay i have like four or five words to describe this one thing and they have one word for it so if we all agree that that's what that means then i can just use the one word mm -hmm. so there's a little bit of that but i think it also depends on who you're speaking to because there's no point in using um words that few people know when you're talking to people that don't know those words then you just i don't know sound pretentious or like you don't mm -hmm. like understands what you're saying so yeah. um yeah yeah yes and no i think yeah so for people like me or maybe Sarah um, who want to uh, deepen their vocabulary with their wine descriptions or reviews, where, where should we start? Mm, you mean like resourcing wise? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me be right, let me be right back. I'll grab a book. I was going to ask about a book next. <laughs> Oh, this is awesome. I'm sold already. <laughs> the Wine Bible. Yeah. Um, by Karen McNeil. She is extremely knowledgeable and has traveled a lot and has spoken to a lot of winemakers. Um, and, you know, is, is a fellow person who's obsessed with wine, but made their life in, into like about wine. Um, and it's it's really easy to read uh it's it's like fun to read she's a good writer <clears throat> um she puts in stories that make it personal 
um, which I think is is like one of the most fun parts about wine is that you connect with people over a bottle of wine. Um, if it was just the wine, I don't know if I'd be as into it, but like going to places and learning from winemakers why they do something and then hearing that, you know, their family's done something for like generations and generations and they, their whole family like exists and supports themselves on this vineyard and then they went to some other vineyard and learned of another technique, came back and changed everything that's been happening for generations. And they're absolutely crazy as a person, but their wine is the most beautiful thing you've ever tasted. It That's a really cool, like, tapestry of, you know, people and how they live. And that's, I think she captures some of that in this book. It, that's fascinating. I actually just put it in my Amazon cart right now. So um, <laughs> I'm definitely getting it. Uh, but um, no, that's actually what I was going to ask you. Like if there was like a specific book that you've read or if maybe if there's something else that you look at, like reviews on, I don't know, like Vivino or an app like that, if, if, if that's something that you look at constantly when you're looking at bottles in the store or looking for something to buy before you go to the store. If I'm in the store, I'll, I'll talk to someone that's in the store that stocked it if I can. Um, if it's like a, a wine store, then you can probably get to somebody that tried it and then made the decision to stock that wine um and that's a really fun way to go plus you get to like talk to another person again and if it's in your neighborhood then you can become friends with them and then they'll start to get to know what you like and next time they have something cool for you they'll let you know um so the building building that connection is really fun um but i specifically don't read online reviews of stuff because there are like scoring systems that's just based on somebody's palate and it's just grape juice that sat out for a little while. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need to score yeah. that. <laughs> it's all right. Um, like, if you like it, go for it. And the person that did it, that tasted it in the store, is able to tell you, like, well, it it was like this, and I like this, and I didn't like that. And then they'll ask you what you like. And yeah, um, that can be really nice and not a pretentious way that makes you feel bad if you don't like a 99 Scott Parker wine. <laughs> They're on their website for Franklin Hill Vineyards, this wine that Scotty and I are drinking. Um, the owner, Elaine, was quoted saying there are two types of wine. I think it's Elaine anyways. There are two types of wine. The kinds you don't like and the kinds you do like. That's it. Like wine is just a very personal, personal journey. But um, you talked about, you know, sharing glass of wine um, in the company of friends. We got, you know, Fall's coming up, Thanksgiving's coming up. What are we drinking this time of year when you're gathering with friends with a nice bottle of wine? What are some um, recommendations the listeners out there could get into? What kind of wine are we drinking? Yeah, um, I think it's a moving target for me, but and and it's it's also very specific to the type of wine you have in your city or available yeah. to you. Um, but for me in San Francisco, we are like super spoiled. I think we get. Definitely. the most amazing collection if anything it's a little less um i think imports than maybe new york i think that's mm -hmm. probably the only place we're second to um but we still get an amazing you know run um i've been having a lot of austrian wine after going to austria um and there's a lot more uh market presence of austrian wine here in, in san francisco and we can get it in a couple different stores um and they make a i'm forgetting the name let me look that up real quick austrian i had a really yeah. good austrian wine recently so I'm, I'm anxious to hear which one you which one you tried 
Um, I think people should try Sect. Sect is a bubbly wine from Austria, and they it's not not necessarily sweet, but it's bubbly. Um, it's super fun, and it has that amazing mouth texture that I was talking about. It's like it's like the Pinot Silky in a white bubbly wine. So Ooh. as we're going into like, you know, it's a little early, but as we're going into party season and like mm. get togethers and stuff, if you roll up with a bottle of sect, I think it would blow people's mind. And a lot of people out there, I think, don't like champagne because there's a lot of champagne and a lot of the affordable champagne tastes a very specific way. Mm -hmm. if that's not your vibe. Then you think you don't like champagne. That's kind of where I'm at. But Dennis tells me there's a good champagne out there, and I just haven't had it yet. Like your, the 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 uh, vineyard owner's remark yeah. about there's wine you like and don't like. I think for me it's there's wine I like, and then there's categories of wine that I haven't tried something I like yet. Right, because each so, category of wine goes so deep. Like you may you can't mm -hmm. just blanket statement. I don't like a uh, sparkling white wine. You just haven't found the right one that you like yet. Yeah, yeah. Or people like I don't like prosecco. Like. Dude, Prosecco's so tasty and fun bubbly. So sect is sect is like the Austrian, you know, bubbly like party wine. Um, I mean, not trying to not trying to demote it by calling it a party wine. I think that's great. Um, <laughs> but uh, they 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 make their wine normally, and then they right before they go into fermentation, they they keep a bunch of the juice to the side. And after the first part is done fermenting, they'll add a little bit of the juice back in and then they'll bottle it immediately so that some of the fermentation from the juice occurs in the bottle. And that's what creates the carbonation. Whoa, very neat. Yeah. And it's just delicious. It's, it's <laughs> the, the mouthfeel is just so good. Um, and it's yeah, it's very, very different from something like champagne or mm. it's, it's closer to Prosecco than champagne, but it's still it's it's very much its own thing. It's a sect, S-E-K-T. S-E-K-T. All right. I'll look for mm -hmm. it around these parts. Scotty's probably doing some research on it right now on Amazon. Right. Also, boo Amazon, Scotty. You should be um, getting books from your A, local library or B, local independent bookstore. Come on, kid. I agreed, but I'm trying to get it like tomorrow. So, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I got this from a local bookstore. The Wine Bible. That's right. You know what's up. Um, all right. Well, we last week, um, I'm just going to leave you with this one last question. Last week, Scotty and I um, went to the ballpark, did an episode live, and tried ballpark wine because they actually oh, had. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, and it definitely enhanced um, the taste for us, like the environment. Yeah. You're like, okay, this is pretty good. But if we were drinking yeah. how we are now, just like in a room in my house, <laughs> not going to be the best of wine. But <laughs> if you could drink wine while watching a baseball game, what kind of wine would you be drinking? Oh, I think that depends on what I'm eating. And if I'm at a baseball game, I don't I don't know if they make like vegan, but garlic Wait. fries are my favorite. Ooh. So I'd probably be eating garlic fries. And in San Francisco, like at the Giant Stadium, they they honestly might make vegan garlic fries. The, yeah, I bet you they options at every <laughs> San Francisco sporting thing. Um, so with a garlic wine, garlic is pretty strong. I'd probably want Mm, I don't know. There's a couple ways I could go. Maybe something really like 
clean, like super mineral um, and acidic to like match the acidity of the garlic, but then the minerality is like kind of quenching. Mm. Um, or something totally different. Like I love eat, I love having red wine with Indian food, which in my family has a lot of garlic. Um, <laughs> might be the one time I'm like kind of down for uh, a, a bigger red. Yeah, um, it's hard to drink. Like you think baseball is the sport of summer, right? Like outside hot day, like you don't want to be drinking a bold red. I mean, maybe yeah. you do, maybe you do, but. I don't know. I think a Merlot would be good. Ooh, um, there you go. One of my favorites is from Camus Vineyards, uh, which is a Napa winery. It's, you know, against everything I usually <laughs> drink, but I love this one, this one wine. It's from the the main Camus guy, his granddaughter. Um, she has her own uh, wine line called Emelo. And the Emelo Merlot is one of my favorites and one of Taryn's favorites as well. Um, we usually have it at our uh, anniversary, but it's been changing to white wine now. Um, mm. But that that sounds really good. It's a really like, it's not big and bold in tannins and it's got a lot of fruit flavor. And I feel like that fruit flavor would go well with garlic fries. And a ballpark and a ball game. Mm -hmm. And then the other one on the white wine side would be like, there's another uh, Austrian one called Meinklang, M-E-I-N-K-L-A-N-G. And they make one called Foam. And it's a pet nut, I think. It's a really light pet nut, and it's fun. You know, it's, funny you, right. you, it's funny you bring up uh, Camus because there, there was a, a player for the New York Yankees that posted uh, the other day on the plane. He was drinking a bottle of Camus. Uh, nice. I think it was a cab. I don't know. But um, I've been yeah. trying to find one um around here um i actually have one question well last question for you um i think the um i think food pairing or pairing with wine can be kind of intimidating if you don't know where to start do you know where or do you have any tips for pairing wine with food hmm that's a good question um yeah i think i would think about like what you're trying to eat well Pick which one you're going to start with. Like, do you want to pick food based on the wine or do you want sure. wine to complement the food? Or like, are you going for food? Um, and if you're going for food, if you're going for more like dairy and like a lot of like cheese and, you know, something like meaty, like heavy fat food, um, then it can be really nice to have bigger reds. Um, that doesn't mean cab. You can have a lot of, lot of kinds of different red wine. Um, that are bigger, that have more robust flavors. Um, and if you're eating more um, like summery type food, lighter stuff, um, I think it's 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 pretty hard to go wrong with, with most lighter white wines. Um, so I wouldn't go for like a Napa Chardonnay um, there because they're pretty buttery. Um, but things from Austria, Germany, um, France also has some really, really delicious white wine. Um, and that can really like complement stuff. Think about like, think about acidity, minerality. Think about when you eat this kind of food, like whatever you're planning on eating, how does your mouth feel? And then what would enhance that? So if you have a lot of like, if you have like a lot of oil or cheese in your mouth, then, you know, some people would prefer to have like high acidity and minerality to cut that 
because that would be really fun. It would like it would like kind of reduce it so then you can take the next bite of food and enjoy the full like you know, I think for me food is like okay, I have nothing in my mouth and then I put something and then you're going to take me to a certain place in terms of taste. And the the journey there is super fun cuz then I've chewed it and then I'm going to swallow it and then it's over. Like the tasting is mm. done. Um so sometimes I think about wine in terms of what would cut that what would absolutely bring it back kind of like ginger in between sushi rolls wow like clean out the palate and then try again that's something i've been doing recently at a place around here called phono bar and that's been really cool they they're a vegan spot but they have very like rich foods it's like a lot of like nut or soy based cheeses and it's like oily food it's fried food which i love and um i've Who got does it? Yeah, really like acidic and mineral wine. And it's like almost quenching in, in a nice way. And so I can like eat the whole plate and not feel like, oh, this is, you know, too much or it's too heavy at some point. So wow. it can complement that or it can meet you at a certain level. That was like the the Merlot with the garlic fries. Like that's not cutting anything, you know, I'm just. Right. <laughs> yeah, hit me again. <laughs> that That's that vibe. So yeah, kind of different, you know, how you want to approach it. But I think the the best way to go is to try something, just be intentional about it. You're going to choose a wine anyway, right? So set a hypothesis, like, I think this is going to do this, and I'm going to try this wine. And you're either right or you're wrong, and you learn something. So the next time, you can make a more informed decision. Love that answer. Love that. Uh, this is why you're our resident wine expert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just you. winging it. <laughs> I will say, I think my hypothesis going in for this one was like, oh, it's going to be dry um, and not as black cherry. Like, I didn't think it was going to be as prominent. Um, and I was wrong. But now I know the experiment has been conducted. <laughs> yeah, I would I would be cautious with anything that says width and then like a flavoring. Like, okay. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Not like yeah. flavors of this, like the juice tastes like this, but like with. With means to me, like they added something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, disappointing, but now we know. Yeah. It's Shashank Super Short Show. I was just thinking the same. <laughs> um, good stuff. Well, thank you again for coming on. We'll probably yeah, call course. you back in, you know, three, four months and do this Damn. again. We can do like a holiday festivities thing. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. Cool. I would love and that. And maybe next time we can like plan out the wine a little further. Yes. In advance and I'll be drinking the same thing. Yes. That would be lovely. <laughs> Cheers so much. Thanks Cheers. again. Thanks Salute. for having me on. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> All right. Lovely, lovely. Um, enjoy your yoga class. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thank Namaste. you. Namaste. <laughs> all right have a good one bye uh, okay that was awesome i'm hearing from shashank um now we can get into some baseball we'll see see what this wine does for us throughout the episode um but let's get into it salute salute sarah all right and we're back another week of baseball has happened scotty week 25 crazy week. 25. Not many weeks left. Vente Cinco? Yeah, crazy wow. loco, no? We had some uh, good baseball this weekend. Really Definitely. Good. Some exciting we good baseball stuff. every weekend. I we're mean, uh, yeah, we're a little biased, though. But um, the number one uh, matchup 
in my in our hearts. Mm, always. What's our two teams? The Yankees at the Pirates. The two teams that we outline regardless every week. Yep. Although their seasons aren't going the way we'd like them to. <laughs> the uh, the Yankees were in our hometown of Pittsburgh this weekend. They were. It was very exciting. It was awesome. Um, it was Roberto Clemente Day on Friday. Super cool. Retire 21, once and for all, please. Please, Commissioner, if you're listening, retire number 21. Aaron Judge was classy. He wore number 21. He uh, he also was wearing the, the custom cleats. Oh, yeah. Pretty he cool. was black and yellow cleats and um, batting gloves as well. Pretty cool. Yeah. Love Aaron Judge. Yeah. What a guy. Um, but no, the Yankees took two or three. Mm, not surprising. Um, you know, it was... I wasn't surprised. One was really rough. Um, basically lost it on a misplayed ball by G1 Bay. Um, could have had a double play to end the inning and win the game. Yeah, and the Yankees scored four on Friday to win in yeah, the last inning. It was rough. Yeah, really rough. It was rough, rough to watch. Um, also, something that was kind of scary was Anthony Masevich, a reliever they just picked up, got struck by a line drive. Yeah. Ball deflected off his head r- way into right field. It was kind of scary. It was very scary. So... Um, you know, hope he's recovering. Uh, but that was the first and most important matchup of the weekend. The best baseball, though, the best baseball was the Rays at the Orioles. Yeah, I mean, we knew that was going to happen. Battle for the AL East. Um, the Rays entered this series down two games. Um, so they had to go into Baltimore and show out, and they won the first two games. So it was the first time, I believe, since... Uh, July 21st that the O's did not have sole possession of the AL East. Wow. Um, but they ended up, the series ended up being split 2-2. It was a four-game series. Um, Baltimore ended up winning Saturday and Sunday, which then they then took a two-game lead. Both teams clinched a playoff position. It's now just about seeding. Yep. So they're both in the yoffs. They're both going to October. They're, they're going all October. playing October baseball, both of those teams. Uh, and um, it was an exciting game. Hessen Kerstad made his debut. He's a top prospect, I think, number 24 overall in baseball. Mm. Um, the Orioles are such a fun team. Camden Yards was going nuts. Camden Yards is a great place to watch baseball games. Great place. I love that there's meaningful baseball right there. Yeah, it's good. Really exciting. Um, love Camden Yards. Excited to watch October baseball from there. Me too. Just a matter of how much. Me too. Um, next we have the Cubs at the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks swept them. Yeah. Tough, tough hit for the Cubs. The Cubs needed this and the D-backs needed it too. I guess it was a big series for both of them. Mm -hmm. D-backs showed out in Arizona. They also, I think, won the series in Chicago like last week. Um, Stroman was activated from the IL. Um, what really helped them was the D-backs roughed up, uh, Justin Steele for six earned runs on Friday. Um, yeah, they they completed this, the D backs completed a sweep and held now hold the second wild card spot. So big series for Arizona. Yeah, huge um, wild card. It's getting wild. It's, it's getting up. really wild. <laughs> um, and speaking of, we're gonna go into the wet, stay out west. We're gonna go Dodgers at Mariners. This was our mm. last matchup. The Dodgers swept the Mariners in Seattle. The Dodgers officially win the NL West. Um, the Mariners have lost 11 of 17. They were the hottest team coming yeah, out of dude. the All-Star break. And then recently, <laughs> getting kind of cold when what you shouldn't you, be. What are you saying about your teeth there, Scotty? Um, I know. I'm, I'm worried. What's it, gone what, wrong? I am, I, I am so excited for the AL West, though, because all three teams, like, 
are within a game and a half or, yeah, or a half it's game. Nuts. It, it's it's really close right now. Like any of these three teams, the Rangers, the Astros, and the Mariners could win this division. Yeah. And one of them probably won't make the postseason. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it is wild. AL East is making the postseason. Um, I mean, the wild card race is on, so definitely be be watching it. Um, some other notes from this weekend. The Braves were the first team to clinch the division last week. They're, this is their sixth straight division title. This is like the Braves of the 90s. They're mm-hmm. back. Um, the Bobby Cox era. It's the Andrew Jones era. The Andrew Jones era. But are they going to win more World Series than that, than that era? That only one time era won't only warranted one. True, but they win a lot. I mean, it's kind of like the Dodgers. Yeah. The Dodgers really, you know. Um, Carlos Santana, who's near and dear to our hearts, he reached <laughs> uh, 1,000 career RBIs. Good for him. Uh, the Cardinals reached 82 losses on Friday, which marks their first losing season since 2007. Whoa. They were officially eliminated. That's a long time ago. Yeah. This has been a very, re- this is why I picked them in the NLCS <laughs> before the season, Sarah. Like this is a team that just doesn't fail often. Yeah. They find a way and it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. Hot seat Cardinals front office. Big time. Big time. Um, Saturday, Matt Olson. Yeah. Um, became the Braves single season home run record holder for, with 52. Like, what Braves aren't making? crashing records right now seriously like what everyone on that team the is whole doing lineup. something insane this year mashing yeah um the astros though so the mariners can breathe a little bit because the astros drop back-to-back series to the the a's and the royals yeah the what? bottom two teams in the league they're just resting their guys i guess that's for exactly what's happening yeah. <laughs> um and then officially, uh, the Angels, Cardinals, and Nationals were all eliminated from playoffs this week, and not a surprise. No surprise there. But the Angels, honestly, like another classic dud of a season, like high, high hopes. Another. Low, low results. Um, the Marlins, though, Kim Ang. Kim Ang's Marlins. Um, Hashtag extend Kim Ang. I, I have a hot take about her that I can't wait to say later. Uh, but they sweep the Braves. They outscored them 36-13 to 13 in Love three this. games. Um, Arias is on one, dude. Big time. And they're currently fighting with the Cubs for the last wild card spot. Mm. Um, this is huge. It is funny to think like Cubs versus Marlins. Like Steve Bartman? Yeah. <laughs> I was just it's, thinking it's that. It's giving throwback. It's giving throwback. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that uh, we have a couple matchups this week that I quickly wanted to outline. We have the Blue Jays at Yankees. Yankees could play spoiler, but they didn't in game one. Surprise, surprise. Um, yeah. They're not good. <laughs> Listen to this. Yeah, no, they're not. Listen to this. You say Kikuchi was removed from yesterday's game with um, cramps, and he thinks it could have been caused by only getting 11 hours of sleep the previous night rather than his usual 13 to 14. What a life. Does he hibernate? It sounds like it. Honestly, sounds snoozy. Sounds nice and cozy. I wonder what kind Bro. of mattress. Yeah, So seriously. many questions. Um. <laughs> The Cubs are playing the Pirates at Wrigley. They're up 1-0 right now. They won 14 the one in their first game. Um, they really need to come out swinging uh, this series and sweep. It would be in their best interest to do so. <laughs> I mean, it usually teams. is. <laughs> it's usually <laughs> what the team wants to do. Um, the two top seeds in the um, AL are facing each other. The Orioles are in Houston. Mm. Um, Orioles won the series 2-1, to one, actually. Revenge series for Michael Elias. So they almost swept, but the Astros came back today. Um the Cedric Mullins three-run homer off of Presley in the ninth on Monday gave the Orioles the lead. I, I swear Cedric Mullins just comes up big in like situation. You can't mm-hmm. escape him. You can't. He's you can't. he's good. 
Um, God, and they're also, believe it or not, the O's. The O's are th- have won three in a row and are two games back of the Braves for the best record in the entire league. Yeah, no one saw this coming. I feel like the Braves are like running far away from everyone else. But yeah, no, no, no it's the, right there. They're, they are. They're in it. I'm excited for this team. I'm really happy for the city of Baltimore as well. Yeah. And then lastly, we have a couple more. Uh, D-backs are up 1-0 on the Giants. Corbin Carroll, 25 home runs, 50 stolen bases this year. I mean, rookie we're and, crazy and numbers. And rookie of the year. Um, the Phillies won a series in Atlanta. They won uh, two of three. And uh, Spencer Strider, most Ks, 435 in a pitcher's first 50 major league start since the year 1990. And now Zion? Possibly. Zach Allen, Justin Steele, Spencer Strider. I feel yeah. like it's probably the top three. Yeah. Oh, Blake Snell. Blake Snell's also Blake had Snell's a weird, probably gonna get good it. season. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. Um, and then the Twins won a series in Cincinnati 2-1. to one. You don't want to sleep on the Reds. The Reds actually have a chance to make the playoffs. I know. They're still there. They're still there. Don't count them out. Um, I just don't think they'll last long. But you never know. You get hot at the right time. You become the Phillies of last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So lastly, to, to close out this week, Adam Wainwright on Monday got win number 200 at home versus Milwaukee. Yeah, Good for Wayno. That was going to happen soon. Good for Wayno. Um, the Rangers activated Josh Young and Adolis Garcia just at the right time. They need those bats. And Blake Snell set a new career high for K's in a season with 222 when he uh, threw seven scoreless against the Rockies on Tuesday. Yeah, that's a Cy Young season if I've ever heard I one. think it's, yeah, it is. <laughs> so... Um, that is this week's baseball, Sarah. Should we go get into superlatives? Let's do it. All righty, Sarah, hitter of the week. All right, Scotty, hitter of the week. Let's see. My hitter of the week, you know him. You may not love him for his defense, but you'll definitely love him for his bat. He got his first grand slam of his career this week, Juan Soto. He had a great week. In the last seven days, he had an average of a .455, 10, home, 10 hits, excuse me, 11 RBIs, and three stolen bases on top of it all. Love that. Yeah, Juan Soto. Sarah, he was actually on my list. Look at us. Um, I guess I'm going to have to take someone from enemy territory. Um, I'm going to take Rafi Devers. Also on my list. He was eight for 20 this week, four home runs, seven walks, 1.586 OPS. Of course, that was because he played the Yankees. Um, Hook, how can you not love Rafi Devers? So he's such a good baseball player. It's so true. All right. Pitcher of the week. Mentioned him earlier in the pod. Um, he's, excuse me. He's an ace for the Braves, Spencer Strider. Killed it this week. Hotlanta, um, he pitched twice, got two wins, 14 innings pitched, 20 Ks with a sub-3 ERA. Whoa, Spencer Strider. We mentioned him early on in the episode. He killing it. So many Ks in his first 50 starts, something like that. So, yeah. Um, we love ourselves some uh, Spencer Strider. Strider. Yeah, so. and he's making great strides on this podcast. <laughs> um, mine is rookie pitcher Grayson Rodriguez mm. because he is exactly what the O's needed. He's the was the top pitching prospect coming in the season, um, and he has really turned it around after being called back up from AAA after a disappointing start. Eight innings pitch, five hits, zero and runs, seven Ks on Saturday versus the Rays to put the Orioles back on top in the AL East in that game. It was the best start of his young career. I think he's gonna he's gonna be a great 
uh, pitcher going forward for the O's, and um, he's what they needed. He's a spark they needed. So. Yeah, definitely. Good one, good one. Um, okay, defense. Play of the week. I had a couple, but I'm going to go with one that happened just last night. I don't know if you saw this. Twins um, are in Cincinnati playing the Reds. Willie Castro out in center field, mind his own business. Um, game starts. Someone hits a home run, or it looks to be a home run. And he robs the home run all while clutching his positioning card in the other hand. It's pretty epic. He literally robs a home run and has a laminated piece of paper so, in the other hand. So cool. I think I had a similar one at the beginning of the year. It was someone from the Jose Siri maybe was holding mm-hmm. a, something in his hand. So cool, though. Love that. So talented. Um, mine is going to be the man you can't escape, Cedric Mullins. Mm-hmm. On <laughs> Thursday, made a diving catch versus um, – the Rays and and uh, it was robbed a hit from Taylor Walls. Um, he's a stud. Uh, Baltimore loves themselves some Cedric Mullins. She's like the Omar Little of Baltimore. Okay, yeah. He's Omar just saving the Little Orioles. is of Baltimore though, so it's yeah. like he he's like the oh, oh I see what you mean. Yeah. Like the okay, so yeah, I don't know. I'm he's comparing him to Omar Little. So <laughs> I'm not going to use of Baltimore, but okay. Um, Cedric Mullins. Yeah, the he's man. Pretty epic. All right. Lovely superlatives. Dun, 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 dun. Um, we'll take a br- games of the week. Oh, thank you. I forgot last week too. Thank you. I don't know <laughs> what's going on. Let's get into ma- matchups that we're looking forward to because there's not many left. So we got to get them in while we can. First off, for my matchups that I'm looking forward to, there are some pretty good ones. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go. With Mariners at Texas because the AL West is they're putting the wild in the wild wild west. It's nuts, and this is going to be a great series. Literally fighting out just to get to October. That was going to be my number one. I think like I think all three teams on top of the AL West have 68 losses right now. Like it's neck and neck. So yeah. like I I am going to be watching the series for sure when yeah. I can. Um, my first ser- game is going to be the Brewers at the Marlins mm. because the Marlins are are fighting and I kind of want to see them um, get that last wild card spot. When's the last time we've seen the Marlins in the playoffs? Yeah. It's been a while. Not since I was a wee last. And I'm rooting for Kim Ang, so. Oh yeah. Hashtag extend Kim Ang. She needs a contract <laughs> extension yesterday. Okay. My other matchup, I have two more listed. It's the, it is the AL East. I'm going to go with Toronto at Tampa Bay. Um, Toronto needs this. Tampa Bay already secured their place in October, so they don't um, as much. But one to watch. Um, my other one, will I'll, I'll do honorable mention when you're done. Okay, so I have two more as well. Um, I had Toronto and Tampa Bay, so I had five total. Um, I'm picking between our two teams here. Yeah, I'd say. And I am going to go Pirates at Reds because <laughs> the Pirates have a chance to play spoiler. That would be pretty cool. That is pretty fun, especially against yeah. a division rival. Yes. The Cincinnati Reds, come on. Yeah, against Kevin Newman. Let's yeah, the Bengals start off zero and two. Let's put the <laughs> nail in the coffin in Cincinnati. Okay. <laughs> R.I.P. Harambe. Um, <laughs> my other one was Diamondbacks at Yankees as well. Same. I think this is a good one to watch, but I'm just like sick of the Yankees, honestly. Yeah, sick me too. Of I'm them ready for not the holding up indoors for me. Sick of them not oh. winning games. <laughs> Maybe just I can't. I'm yeah. out. They're out. I'm, I'm ready for the season to be over, Sarah. I'm ready for the off season. Wow. As a fan, as a Yankee, as fan. a Yankee fan, but not as a baseball. I want fan. the off season to come. I want to watch the off season. The playoffs. I want, yeah. Watch the playoffs, but yeah. like the Yankees season, I'm ready to be have over. Yeah, they can just pack it up and go. Um, okay. Thank you for not rushing me. We needed to get those matchups in. Um, let's 
take a little sip of our wine and then we'll get into vibes. Let's do it. All right, Scotty. The baseball season is in its last month. Things are winding down. Does it feel like fall on the vineyard? It does, Sarah. It does. It definitely feels like fall. It feels like fall in Pittsburgh, too, quite literally. Um, But um, I'm excited for the postseason because I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I think so, too. It's going to be exciting. A lot of newcomers or ones we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. I'm excited. There's a lot of vibes to talk about, too. First, should I start? You yeah you're you can do whatever finally finally and may I say one more time finally wait finally finally <laughs> the Rays announced a deal for a new stadium wow. in St Petersburg mm. uh, looks pretty cool the pictures of what they expect the it to look like yeah um, it looks like there's some water in center field that better be full of t- Rays it better be yeah it will be um, but my only question is why are we staying in St Pete. Um, I think the city probably put up a really good fight argument, gave them things that they wanted. Um, I don't know. It's crazy. Like when I worked for the Rays, I was working on this project. Like this was one of my first. And that was like a decade ago, right? Yeah. Thanks for making me feel. (laughs) Basically. I'm just trying to emphasize how long it's been been a while. Like I was an intern working on the stadium project, like organizing notes from architect meetings and doing random it's nuts that it's taken this long and like i really didn't think they were gonna end up in st pete i thought you know ybor city but the city really put up a fight st pete really wanted to keep them wow yeah ybor city would have been so cool yeah i just and I, I, you live there so you know the area better than me but I, i've gotten i've been in st pete quite a bit there's it's just like i don't want to say it's difficult to get to but it's not there's one bridge in and out of there from Tampa from the yeah. city or you're coming from the south you're coming from like Bradenton and whatnot yep. um Tampa would be like such a more central location like Ebor anywhere like you said Ebor well, City they have the other teams there as well right the Bucks um the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they have yeah. um the Lightning is over there as well yeah um just to centralize it, I mean, that's what I love about Pittsburgh is that the, all the stadiums are right near each other. Like, you can walk to all the stadiums from downtown. Yeah. that's It's great fun, and it, like, makes a difference in terms of fan experience. But I don't, like, I love St. Pete more than I love Tampa, so I'm a little biased. Okay, yeah. interesting. Like, I'm not, Tampa's not my favorite city, but St. Pete is so cool. It's weird. It's like, I always liken it to Tampa's funky cousin. Like kind of weird, kind of funky, but has way more of a personality than Tampa wow, does. Okay. So I think this will be huge for them. Um, I'm interested to see if it actually happens. Like until I see it, I won't believe it. But I'm really happy for everyone in the race front office for getting this deal done and getting moving on it because everyone is really sick of the middle school gym that they play in now. Yeah, 100%. No one, no teams like to go there and like it's, they deserve better. They've, they've played well, very well. They've for had a good, long time. They've yeah. sustained a winning ball club for a long time. And that's really hard to do, especially in a small market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next we have MLB announced a team silver slugger award this season, um, which will be decided by a combo of analytics and fan vote. So uh, can we just give it to the Braves already? I thought, yeah, I thought you were about to announce that we've already given it. To no, the no, no, no. But it's pretty <laughs> obvious. Yeah. Get it, right? Um, you know, I think I already announced earlier in our recap that the Orioles called up number uh, number 24 overall prospect, Hessen Kerstad. He was a first-round pick out of, I think they overslot him at number two overall out of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's already has two home runs in the first week. Um, he was the only call-up of note this week. 
we had some injuries. Jason Dominguez, who we talked about, is yeah. set to have Tommy John surgery. I think he had it yesterday. Mm. Um, Anthony Rendon, he's like off a rocker. <laughs> said he's uh, had a he's had a fractured tibia this whole time while he's been out, but he found out a few weeks ago, and he found out a few weeks ago, and doesn't know why the Angels didn't announce it. And some what's going on with the Angels? Seriously, it's, like it just. I don't know. Nothing seems to be Nothing clicking. Nothing good there. is going on. Um, the Reds DFA'd Hunter Renfro after he went five for thirty-nine with one home run, in fourteen games. Uh, Kim Ang and the Marlins claimed Matt Moore off waivers from the Cleveland Guardians. Shout out Kim Ang. Hashtag extend Kim Ang, and we love Matt Moore, yeah, New Mexico kid. New Mexico guy. That's right. Um, Shohei underwent elbow surgery on Tuesday morning. I don't think it was Tommy John, but it was an gotcha. elbow surgery. Okay. Um, he's expected to hit by opening day 2024, like be fully healthy with no All limitations. Right. We wish him a speedy and well recovery. But he's not going to pitch again until 2025. So I wonder what, that's gonna, what his contract's going to look like. This is his free agent offseason. Right. Yeah. How will that affect him? I don't know. He's one of the biggest baseball stars in the world because baseball stars don't usually go global. Mm-hmm. And he's one of them. I think he has a pretty good shot of still landing a really big Oh, he's contract. getting a lot of money. Like it's... No, I think he's getting a big contract. He might be getting $500 million instead of $600 million, <laughs> Yeah, but like what are we talking about? What's, what's here? the extra million yeah. here? $100 million. Um, Carlos Correa is going to the IL after re-aggravating that plantar fasciitis. I guess that foot was really a problem. Yeah. So uh, the Giants and Mets, I guess they... They dodged, Cur- a, dodged bullet, a bullet, except neither of them are in first place. And the exactly. Twins are. True, true. And the Twins also, I, heard, I saw Royce Lewis was removed from the game the other day. So yeah, it doesn't look good not for, good for them. It's not good for the call-ups this, no. this past week. They've gotten injured. Um, in front office news, the Red Sox fired Heim Bloom. I know. I, I like Heim, but he was never going to get out of the shadow of ownership making him trade Mookie Betts. Yeah, so let me, let me, let me say, I have a... Um, this is weird. I'm actually supporting the Red Sox GM right now. <laughs> so the team is set to finish in last place three and of uh, three of his four seasons. So that's mm-hmm. obviously not a good look. But also, John Henry has slashed the budgets. Um, he's really uh, invested in Liverpool or whatever soccer team he owns, and all the other like Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Penguins yeah, like yeah. all the Fenway Sports Group, the NBA team they're going to buy with LeBron James in Vegas, probably. Um, they basically forced him to trade Mookie Betts. Like he, his hand was forced. Um, for what it's worth, I think I think they're right now probably set up better long term than the Yankees. Oh, that kills me to say. Um, but I think he did a good job there. But also maybe he was also working with the um, small market mentality in a big market. Yeah, because the because of the slash, slash budgets. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like him, so I'm not gonna trash him. I just think that. He he was never going to be able to outlive or out no that was sustain outliving the Mookie Betts trade that was going to haunt him forever and it is going to haunt him forever and it's not his fault his hand was forced yeah no it definitely is going to haunt him forever and I think um, I'm interested interested to see who they go after I've seen um, Mike Hazen for the Diamondbacks is who came from the Red Sox is up for it mm-hmm. there's also rumors that Alex Cora could move up Whoa. and someone could become the manager which I don't that'd be interesting. He should not. GM, what? Yeah. Maybe Jason Veritek at manager. I mean, I'm still waiting on my phone call. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe um, Dan O'Coin. You don't know. Dan O'Coin. I definitely. Let's do let's make it happen. Let's start the campaign now. <laughs> okay. Um the Cardinals GM though, John Mazaliak. Mm. 
He said that Ollie Marmol, their manager, who's also the youngest manager in baseball, will be the manager again in 2024. So okay. this was first year. Tough look. I mean, Ollie Marmol was always like rumored to be like an up and coming coach, but tough first year. A lot of locker room stuff that you'd never heard in St. Louis. Don't know if it's necessarily his full blame, but they had Mike Schilt who had, who had like nothing but winning seasons when he was there. Yeah. So um, tough look. I think the Cardinals are going to bounce back though. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think they need to make some changes. They need pitching um, bad. In, yeah. But good for the coaching staff. It sounds like they'll remain intact. Yeah, it seems like it's going to remain. Um, he's going to give them more than a year at least. Okay. But, um, yeah, so that's front office news. We also had uh, on Friday Adam Jones signed a one-day contract with the Orioles and officially to retired. Retire Pretty cool. Oriole, yeah. Underrated star. I love Adam Jones. Yeah, I agreed. He's kind of Colin Kaepernick-ish yeah. of the – um, MLB because he's outspoken um, and got knocked a little bit for it. Love that. Love that. And then Sunday, Bartolo Colon retired as a Met, which is crazy because he plays for so many teams. And I was thinking about it. Maybe he retired as a Met because that's where he got a lot of notoriety. He's like big sexy and like he got a lot of attention. Yeah, and with, he hit that bomb and San yeah. Diego as a Met. And like he got, it, yeah, it was the media. He um, also probably felt like comfortable at home. There's a lot of. Um, Latin people on the team and um, I know we had Melissa on and he was pretty close with and like just probably felt comfortable there but he got yeah a lot of notoriety he's the Dominican Winnie the Pooh and Love I <laughs> will <laughs> always stand by that comp <laughs> um, lastly we had a quote from Deion Sanders who's been in the news lately he's, he's got his Colorado Buffaloes 3-0 and yeah um, people forget he was a really good baseball player right he's a two-way two-way and um, he was asked by Shannon Sharp in an interview what was the hardest thing you uh, to do in your sports career and he said hitting that baseball yeah guess what guys baseball's hard it's not easy you you're successful three out of ten times yeah game of failure game of failure um Deion sanders one of the greatest athletes of our generation said hitting the baseball's hardest things ever done so just, just put it some, out there yeah put it out there yeah. you know um all right i have my names of the week um you talked a bit about royce lewis leaving the game and um, when that happened, their interim manager um, went out. I don't know if you saw Baldelli um, left. He and his wife, welcome to child. Um, twins, so, by the way. Yeah, twins for the twins manager. How, how yeah. epic is that? Um, so taking his place, interim manager, Jace Tingler, name of the week. Epic Jace name. Tingler. Jace Tingler. He was the Padres manager. He while. was in 20 and 21. Right. They definitely fired him. Um, he's, he's back though as interim twins manager and his name is my name of the week. Um, just, you know, remembered him, honestly had forgotten about him, remembered him when the Royce Lewis, um, exit came about this week. So, um, Tingle, Tingler, I mean, that's gotta be, that's kind of a tough name as a kid, but here we are now Love making that. my name of the week brings me to old timer name of the week, Ron Tingley. He played from 82 to 95. Yeah. Ron wow. Tingley. Um, he was drafted out of high school by the Padres as a catcher. So he caught for not only the Padres, um, but also the um, former Cleveland Indians, the former California Angels, the former Florida Marlins, and then Chicago White Sox and Detroit Tigers. Wow. Yeah. Tingles be out here. Tingles. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot Jay about Jace Tingler, too. Jace Tingler and Ron Tingley. The Tingles be out here. Name of the week. Scotty. Wow. Love yeah. that. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to add one. I saw a, a name this week that I... 
a, a top prospect for the Red Sox who is really shooting up boards. He wasn't a first round pick or anything. They drafted him out of high school. Great pick by Heim Bloom. Shout out. Yeah. Uh, was a guy named, a high school player named Roman Anthony. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. A lot of people are talking about, um, I don't know if you've seen this have, trend, yeah. you know, how much do you think about the Roman Empire? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'll tell you how much I think about the Roman Empire. I think about Roman Anthony quite a bit. <laughs> it's like once a week probably. Yeah. I think about Roman Anthony and how good he's going to be. So Roman Anthony, the rise of the Roman Empire. Okay, wow, you yeah. heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Also, Heim Bloom, great name as yeah, well. Yeah, it is. That just, is a good just name. Just throwing that out there. Um, but yeah, how often do you think about the Roman Empire, Scotty? A lot, I guess. M- take away Roman Anthony. Okay, but. take away Roman Anthony. I um, I honestly think about them maybe, um, or think about it maybe once every couple weeks. Okay. I think it's one of the greatest empires, longest lasting empires of history. Mm. It's the original dynasty, Sarah. Yes. Okay. Mm. It was the 90s Yankees before the 90s Speaking Yankees. Speaking of, also vibes around the vineyard. I know I'm really late, but I started finally watching the Jeter documentary. Oh my God, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, I've only watched so the good. first episode. but So yeah, good. It's good. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it brought back a lot of childhood memories. It, for me. Yes, definitely. It's bringing yeah. back a lot. Did you read Jeter's book ever? Which one? Um, the first one. Yeah. Okay. I've read. I probably I've read like a lot. Like yeah. there's not there's I know there's other books written by other people, but like I've read a lot of books about Jeter. Well, and he wrote. Jeter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first the one yeah. he wrote. Yeah. Anyways, that's what the first episode was. I was just like, oh, I've already read this. Like I just know so, so cool. much about him already. But um, it is cool and just like behind the scenes i'm excited to get into the a-rod juicy stuff oh it gets really good yeah I'm it gets excited. really good and the director randy wilkins awesome yeah. dude good follow on twitter too if you're still on that app um yeah, <laughs> yeah. he did a great job with it nice um yeah i'll, I'll keep you updated on what i think please do but speaking of throwback vibes um okay i think that's it for vineyard vibes um we're going to come back take a break come back with rating and comp Let's do it. So we're back. Uh, we're going to rain comp this wine. This wine is pungent. Yeah. Like you can, I can have to put my glass a little further away because it, the waft is quite odorous. Yeah. Um, do you remember uh, the Luden's cough drops? The cherry? No, but. That's what I, this tastes like. Yeah. It's, um, Yeah. It's not my favorite wine. Yeah, there's definitely something added to this wine that's not like shouldn't be in a wine, like a cherry something. Like yeah, a, black cherry flavoring that's like should be in a cake. Yeah, almost right. One hundred percent. It's so sweet. Because no grapes taste like this. <laughs> no grapes. <laughs> no grapes on God's cherries green taste earth. like this. Cherries do. Cherries taste like this. Black cherries. Medicine tastes like Med- this. Medicine. Medicine definitely tastes we like. We are this. going off on this wine right now. <laughs> um. It's not my favorite, but I'm sure there are other Franklin Hill Vineyard wines that we could try that we may like, but this one is not it, and that's okay. okay Sometimes, yeah. you know, wine's very personal, like it doesn't agree with our taste buds, and that's okay. Yeah. But if you like the flavor for, of cherry, then you will love this wine. Um, it says, you know, it's it's a natural black cherry flavor, but it, it is mostly that. Um it's not really be- medium-bodied red wine. It's cherries with a splash of red wine. Who are you rating, or what are you rating in, and who are you comping it to? I am giving it, oh, my God, I'm giving it a 30. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, this is my lowest rating ever, and um, I feel bad comping this player to a 30, because but his career has probably been a 30. Mm. I am going Clint Frazier. Mm. He's very cherry-ish. He is cherry. The love the redhead pull on this one. Um, yeah, he's just like not what we expected him to be yeah he's disappointing so that's pretty much sums it up yeah that's a good one that's a good one i'm gonna give it a 35 i think i like it a little bit more than you um but not by much um yeah uh speaking of like disappointing careers will myers really okay um uh, he's not a 35 like he's a much better player a 35, than that. but, but yeah. like that's how i feel about he was his a top career. prospect though. He, and i was like waiting for him yeah to pop off and it just never happened um so yeah maybe i don't have another comp that. he's more of like a role pl- role player than a, like a true standout yeah but i thought he was gonna be a standout, standout yeah um so yeah we're a little disappointed by this one but that's okay there's always, you get the point there's guys. always next week yeah find us on instagram yeah on twitter on twitter on tiktok on um we're gonna be on threads soon oh nice and so. you can email us at the at com. do it till next time to better days and better wine and good baseball ahead scotty salute salute intro music by jordan montgomery and driving while black records Big paper, I increase my wealth, uh Red wine, that's good for my health, uh Wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, uh Allow me to introduce myself, I said Big paper, I increase my wealth, huh Red wine, that's good for my health, uh Wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, huh Allow me to introduce myself Oh, thank you.